evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Thorpe joins us. And my old mate Ricky Hyatt's here again. Plus, of course, me. So sit back and enjoy a good old bit of football banter. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And tonight we should have four on the pod, but one of the pods late as bloody usual, which is Mr. Pounder. So we're hoping he's going to join us shortly. But in the meantime, Mr. Paul Thorpe is with us. Hello, Paul. Good evening, everyone, and I uh, hope you find you all well. And uh, Pounder's probably in trap three. In the toilets, probably doing a crossword, mm. um, and maybe putting the odd bet on a sink. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and Rick's here, Ricky. Hi, hi, Rick. Hello, mate. Hello, everyone. Uh, and I'm here. So for the moment, you'll have to put up with us three. But um, it's been quite a significant week um, this week, and um, we can't really ignore what's been going on. So. We're going to try respectfully to discuss the situation that's going on at our favourite football club, Yeovil Town. Now, um, I don't know what the general consensus was as to to what went on. I mean, what did you guys think? You, you did you all hear it or not? I haven't actually heard the the, the detail because it's supposed it's all clips and bits of uh, stuff coming out on Twitter on Saturday, but it's supposed to be released as a YouTube video, isn't it? The whole well, that's what I was understood, yeah. It hasn't seemed to surface yet. Well, so exactly what the substance is of it, I, I'm not 100% certain. No. What about you, Paul? Have you heard much about it, or have you read all the press releases and that's, that's been flowing around on social media? Yeah, well, all, all I know is that, um, uh, obviously, there was going to be a demonstration uh, uh, you know, during the game and after the game. They've obviously, the fans had their banners out, and they priests them out, as they, as they do. Uh, I got there just after the interview had been done um, in, a, in front of the fans. He said that it came across uh, well, um, it, that uh, he is obviously looking for investment, uh, where that investment is going to come. Um, it, it, you know, he wasn't sure. And that um, the, the, the question was asked, why did this, the actual sale not go through? 
And I think the response was something like that there's no money being put on the table yet. So what that what that means or doesn't mean, you know, it's just uh, an ongoing saga as far, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it seems to be going on a little bit too long. Um, but let's, let's make one thing sure, you know, uh, Mr. Priestnell will have his plan. You know, he is the owner of the football club. We can't do anything about that. Um, he will have his plan and he will see that plan through to what he tells to be the right way uh, with dealing with it, you know. Um, and I, no, no sort of like um, demonstration is going to change that. And, um, you know, I can only hope that, uh, that, that he does it diligently, uh, which I'm sure he will do, and gets the result that he wants. Um, but I, I, having seen the football club go a little bit of a, in, in a downward spiral, really, I, whilst he's been the owner of the football club, and I just think that he either needs to sort the plan out quickly and get that uh, uh, investment as quickly as possible um, and then become part of the club in whatever, you know, whether it's just a, as a director or as a chairman, um, and, and, and let the investment get there because, you know, it, the longer it goes on, I think that the football club will only get into larger debt. And I think we've been down that path before and I don't really want to go down that path again because ultimately we've seen, we've seen Berry go out of existence, you know, real big possibility of, of a huge club like Derby, um, you know, going very, very close, and hopefully they'll have investment and the new owners very shortly. Um, and then everybody can then see his job out there, which I would love to see happen. Um, and uh, and then we can get this club that we all love back on the direction where you know where they where they can actually like start pushing for playoff and promotion because you know there's no doubt about it we've got some fabulous players there. Um, and I don't think we're that far away from, from really getting into that, those playoffs and possibly having some success down the line. Um, I thought the tactics again Saturday were, were spot on. We showed that we can compete with the, with the big boys. Where, when, if we actually add good players to this squad, um, I think that we can do some real damage. But in the meantime... Uh, the club and the finances of this club needs to be sorted out ASAP. And that's about all I know at this present time. Well, let, let, let's, let's just have a look at various aspects of it. I mean, I think one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that, that Mr Priestnell has got so much hammer of late is the sheer silence. There's been no uh, oncoming reports, uh, no statements, nothing, not until this weekend. And I think that's one of the things that absolutely, it really riles up the supporters because they just don't know what's going on. So on the other yeah. hand, he says, well, <clears throat> the reason he hasn't been saying too much is because I presume he's waiting for the uh, proposed uh, bidders, um, Julian Jenkins and co, to put the money on the table. And clearly from his perspective, if there's no money on the table, what could he do? But on the other no. hand... Um, selling it to the council, um, I'm not totally sure myself as to how much he's selling to the council, but uh, certainly the stadium um, and I, I presume a certain amount of car parking, etc. around the outside. Um, and then the club having to rent it back is going to put an extra financial strain on the club straight away. 
So to mm. me, that's not such a bright idea. I, I, you know, what do you think, Rick? Why would you go down that route of, if you're trying to sell the place, why remove one of the assets you've got? And like you say, make the club in a situation where they, they're losing an asset and gaining a debt that they have to, have to pay. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm no businessman, but uh, that just seems to have to me. Well, I suppose that possibly the thinking is behind it is that, that obviously um, the club is perhaps in safe hands, shall we say, in the, in the, the council aren't going to, uh, you know, I mean, I wonder what the council would do, for example, if, if as time went on, uh, they suddenly found Yeovil Town knocking on the door saying, look, guys, it's all very well, this arrangement we've got, but we can't afford it or we've run up too much of a debt. The bank, well, uh, you know, overdraft extend. What are they going to do then? Well, presumably having invested the council's money in it, they've got a certain amount of uh, obligation to see it through, wouldn't you think? That's Yeah, that, that makes sense if the council were actually competent. Look, looking at look, looking at the work that's been going on around Oval and certainly around around where I live at the moment, I know highways is slightly a different department, but it's all part of the council, isn't it? And they haven't got clue. No. They haven't got Scooby. Well, the question is, are they going to have anybody from Basic Insect? In, in, what's it called? Basic Insect. Instinct. Instinct. That's the word. Um, Angela Rutter. Yeah. Well, Get yeah. Well, anybody similar? on the council. I don't know if there's anybody... I don't think it takes an awful lot to distract the local council, to be perfectly honest. Mm, possibly, possibly. A but tiny it... thing in the distance would probably put them off. But, I mean, you know, I would have thought, that, you know, I don't know what the crowds are at the moment, but, I mean, it, it was a bit better on Saturday, wasn't it, Paul, the crowd? Yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. And they saw, they saw a fantastic game. Oh, it was mm. an excellent the game. irony of that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I wish, wish, more, wish more had been there because it really was an outstanding game. A bit too open for my liking, so it was a little bit nerve-wracking towards the end. But No um, risk, no reward, son. Well, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I've got actually a little piece here that was a little bit from Saturdays. Um, um, so it says um, his goal is to get the club into a sustainable position and it's not going to be happen overnight. He's uh, been losing money. Uh, but it looks uh, at our accounts, they are pretty healthy. Uh, accounts of football, a young football and athletic club covering the last 12 months of June um, 30th, 2021, show that during the last 12 months, uh, June, June 30th, 2021, the club lost just under 400,000, which takes the overall losses to 2.22 million. In nine months, which uh, has passed since the end of last June, uh, we know the club has taken an, an additional uh, 309 loans from Sports England, bringing the total it owes uh, the lenders up to 998,538. Um, now, I'm no businessman, but I had a business for 24 years doing doing dry lining and plastering, and. Obviously, we all know that there's no other business like football, and it's crazy when they, you know, they are allowed to big up, they get huge losses and and carry on um, trading. But when you sound that, that doesn't. Uh, he says that he, you know it sounds healthy. It, they are pretty healthy. That to me is not pretty healthy. No, especially when it would it would be pretty healthy if we were in the in, in the Premiership or in the Championship. But when you're in the, the realms of the uh, the conference. That to me is not healthy, and um, you know I don't know how long people allow 
those figures to get higher and higher before action's taken. And, and if they get too high, then obviously that would scare away investors as well. We know that football is notoriously need in, in need of, uh, you know, generous businessmen to back up its finances, um, which I've never really understood. But um, um, it does seem to be still, you know, huge uh, figures, too much of huge figures for my my personal liking. Suppose it's all just relative, though, isn't it? I mean, it could be a lot worse, I suppose, is what, what he's saying. You know, it could, it, there could be millions, millions involved. But you're right that it's, you lumber this onto the, onto the club and it becomes, we covered this the other week, didn't we? It becomes less and less of an attractive proposition to any prospective buyer. And as far as the club moving forward, you'd almost think, is every, is every player out of, there's only one signed on for next season, isn't it? I wouldn't I know at the blow. moment. They haven't really released <laughs> that sort of information, but so nobody really I, knows. I did, I did hear the... on I did hear on Saturday that he had uh, sat down, or the club have sat down, whether that's through the manager or not, I'm not sure, sat down with seven of the players, and that's, uh, I believe those seven were going to be offered contracts. Um, now, that 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 is promising, That that's good, um, because... You know, I do believe that that we've got, uh, you know, there's two ways of looking at this. I think the fans have really enjoyed the endeavour of the youthfulness of this squad. Yeah. And and, the, and they've sort of like taken the little mistakes they've made on the chin because there's, you see the effort on the pitch. And I think that they've really enjoyed it. And I certainly have myself. Seeing the youngsters developing has been absolutely fantastic. You know, and I do think that we just, we can get, we, we, we need a strike force. Uh, a stronger midfield. I think our defence is working really, really well. And if that extra little bit of pressure is taken off, for them having to do too much defending, and that's when the mistakes happen, I think if we strengthen up the midfield, um, again, get that strength, that strength and pace down the wings. And, and obviously, we need a new strike force. I don't think that's any uh, uh, hidden. Um, you know, uh, it's not hidden in that fact. We do, we do need a strike force. I think they could be a real threat next year. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. That getting those, if it is seven players, if you get mm. those those guys that are already in, we know it's a it, there's the nucleus of a decent squad there. So if you yeah. get them to sign, it's almost like having seven new signings, isn't it? Because the pessimistic yeah. view is the fact that if the club carries on going the way it's going, they're all going to walk at the end of the season and and find contracts elsewhere. If the club yeah. can keep them there. Then you know, there's that's a bit more positive. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> of I mean, course, Daryl Saab was always saying that he felt that if he could hold this side together for this season, yeah. that next season <clears throat> he really felt that there was there was prospect, prospects of a you know a really successful well, season. That, Darren's a lovely bloke and all that, but he's been in the perfect scouting position for the last year or so. So yeah. come the end of the season, he well, could almost I think Woking's better financed than. Uh, than Yeovil is, he could come and cherry pick what he wants, couldn't he? I'm not sure about that one, Rick. I don't think no? that uh, Woken have, have been sort of a little bit up and down. They're they're not. I don't think they're the richest. I don't know. I mean, I, I, from what I remember of them, I don't think they're the most richest club in the world. But um, you know, whether, whether they've got better better books than what we've got, I, I'm not sure. But um, or who their owner is now. I know they had a few problems a, a couple of years back, didn't they? But um, yeah, I definitely do believe that they've got the nucleus of a great squad there. And, um, you know, it, for me, it's quite exciting. I just wish that finances 
you know, uh, would look look better than what I think they actually do. Talking Not about that the, I'm a football owner. Talking about the finances, though, Paul. I mean, he's also quoted as saying he wants to get a new board um, with yeah. local prominent local business people. I think is the expression used, something along those lines. Well, if you were a prominent businessman locally. Would you be over keen to invest in a, a business that's already a million pounds in debt? Well, again, it's relative. Well, well sometimes in, in big business, sometimes loss is actually good. Um, again, that's something I've never really understood. But um, what, from you know, a tax relief you, point of view, you, you mean for the tax tax purposes? You know, so yeah. some people might see that as a good thing. Um, so that's where the the. the um, you know, likelihood. You know, when you sort of like that low as well, you know, the only way is sort of like up type thing is is another one. You know, I know when Davy Jones was interested. I mean, it, that's the type of man, local businessman that that that, that knows the community would get in touch with the community. Um, it's something I think that the the owner does need to to uh, to really work on. I think getting in touch with the community and working with the community and. Uh, and even working with the local council as well is is, is something I think is huge that can be done. Oh, yep. you know, even at uh, one stage, I think the Arlington, where, where I used to work, were were interested in investing in the football club, and um, you know, I thought that was a really really good idea because one, they're extremely financially strong. Um, you know, uh, I know that through the the meetings that we've had uh, in our conferences. Even though I'm not there anymore, the last one was very very positive. And they're extremely strong and they're looking to build, you know, so many thousand houses, um, which generates profit. And they're a very profitable business, like, you know, um, and they're the type of business that could really sustain something, you know, not only as financial, but also with working in the community as well. But if I mean, I don't know what <clears throat> who holds the majority in terms of the council. Is it conservatives or liberals still? I'm not I'm not sure. But. So, first of all, I presume the fact that they voted on it and they seem to be going ahead with it would mean that whoever the councillors in charge are are obviously in favour of it. But what about, you know, it's all right for us. We love our football club. We want we want to see it continue. But, I mean, there must be a lot of people who are going to be out there saying, well, hang on a minute, we're paying all this council tax and you're spending it on a football club. Is that a good way to spend your money or our money? Now, you know, I mean... Like I said, I'm in favour of it, but I can imagine there's going to be some 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 sports sports out there that aren't going to say, you know, I don't think they can perhaps say that the wider benefits of having a local, you know, a well supported local, well known football club in the area. You know, but there's only one, isn't there? That's 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 the thing. It's not like it's a, it's other parts of the country. There's mm. a density of football clubs all around together where you get your local derbies and whatever. Mm. What what are we talking? Exeter and Bristol. And that's mm. the two. Yeah. You want to go South Coast way as well. But any of them, you see, that they're, they're miles away. Yeovil is in such a nice position. If they could actually get the finances sorted out, the catchment area for the club is massive. Mm. But, the but it just needs to catchment. get to that position where they can exploit it. That's the point. But they, they need to maintain the quality of player to be able to maintain the quality of play, which will attract the crowds and would put the the investment that uh, South Somerset District Council in, you know, in, in a, a good light. Because in the council's all going to change soon anyway, isn't it? From from um, There's going to be one one council for a much bigger area, I think I'm right. In oh, the, 
boroughs and that are all changing, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, I think that they've, they've got to get it through before the next... When When's this next council election? Is it soon, isn't it? Next week or something? The week it? after? Yeah, it's fairly soon. That's that's why, uh, <clears throat> you know, certain questions weren't asked on Saturday due to yeah. that. But, um, you know, one, one, one thing I must say, I, I think I must compliment the council for taking the, taking the bold move to support the football club because, you know, it, they, they, they obviously realise... The value of having the old town, you know, and and the, and the stuff it does for the community, um, because it, you know, so a lot of councils probably wouldn't bother, and, and they have bothered so um, to do something about it. And um, you know, I don't know the depth of it. I, I'm not, um, you know, uh, I don't, don't know exactly what what how they're supporting and, and what finances they've used to to back it up. But um, I bet you know if John Fry would have listened to this conversation. And he might well do anyway. I bet he'd say, "Well, you might say that they've been, you know, proactive in going forward with this. But why couldn't they've been proactive all those years ago? Because we probably would have stayed around then. But they got yeah. so frustrated with it that they, they, in the end, as we know, they gave up and and moved on. So you know, I don't know. Well, I just think that from <clears> what <throat> from what I've heard, again, it's it's, it's um, until something's concrete that you know, you, you, and they come out and actually say it, then, you, then you're not not sure what's right or what's wrong, but. What I've heard is that the fact that they they will not be able to put anything commercial up there. So, and people have tried and tried, and John Fry and that have all tried so many times. So, if he is keeping certain parts of the land for investment and and for commercial, he, he's got to realise the council is just not going to happen unless he works with them, you know, and um, or they actually sell the whole of the land. And, and reposition the football club where where it can you know um, generate it, 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 you know uh, carry on generating wasn't that the plan last time they moved to move out of the town centre and somewhere well, that expand yeah. around it and that's not really happened no it, it, it yeah I mean listen Jerry Lock was passionate about the football club yeah. and uh, you know and and it maybe that passion overrode a little bit to to actually pure businessman. You know, because it actually put us in such a lot of debt that um, you know we nearly lost the club. But um, you know, that's not not that's nothing because he, he was so passionate about the football club, and and I think you've got to realise that his his dream was to to move it. He did it. He did a very very good job. You know, and in, in actually creating the football club as we see it now. Well, ambition's um, good, isn't it? I mean, it's a driver of everything. You've got to if you stand yeah. still, you end up going backwards. So it's obviously it's. Uh, it's what you want to do is you want somebody, hopefully with the with the purse strings, who's got enough money to make things happen. You've got to remember also we we got to the championship, so yeah. it was going really really well. So you know we can't um, uh, we, we can't knock it too much. I mean whatever happened, you know happened. We got through the, the hard times and we got to the championship. So you know we just what we need to do now is regroup and um, help whoever's the owner. Um, you know, I've said before, and I'll say it again. You know, and I know Tony's offered his services as well. You know, my services are there. You know, um, I've offered, I've off, offered time and time again. I've spoke to Mark, commercial guy. I've offered my services yet again. So we'll just see what happens, and um, hopefully, um, as I get older and I'm not too old, I can't walk around and I'll be in my Zimmer frame or something like that. Then hopefully, I'll get a chance to, you know, support the club and, and actually do something there. Which will will generate 
the younger element of, of like, you know, uh, playing football on the AstroTurf and parties and, you know, let getting them to meet their heroes and, you know, and be around the football club a bit more because it's, 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 what, I, it's what I love to do. But um, well, it's, it's, it's one, one of those, uh, sorry to overstate uh, you there a minute, one of those said heroes has finally joined us. Good evening, Mr. Pounder. Good evening. Where have you been then? Stuck in the toilet? I was, I was, I was, the simmer frame was in the way. I couldn't get past the door. Oh, <laughs> that's what it was. Well, if you, yeah, you should have sent us a text message to say that, we could have helped that's you out. Major problem. Uh, anyway, you you obviously gather we're talking about Yeovil Town this after this morning, uh, evening, whatever. Where are we? Evening, isn't it? Um, quite what, rightly so. Sorry, I said quite rightly so. Yeah. We are from Yeovil. Well, you obviously have been reading all the the, um, the goings on. What are your what are your feelings on what's been said and what's come out over the weekend? I'm one of those. I think it's juggling the balls again for me. It's like what do you believe and what don't you believe again? Um, this has been going on so long now. Um, I still think personally it's going to be a deal with the council by the looks of things, which I thought a while ago was going to be it. But um, until anything's actually signed and sealed, I just don't know what to think at the moment. But do you think that the deal, the proposed deal with the council, where we end up um, renting back the, the facilities or whatever, I mean, how do you see that? I mean, knowing that the crowds are down, um, it's all about money at the end of the day. And, and you know, what are we going to do? We're going to, if you like, sell our sell our heritage and suddenly we've got to pay for it to just live up there now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like on that, I think we've actually, we've got a grain that we own. Why are we selling it to rent it back? Mm. It's, not, it's not a thing where we're going to make masses of money uh, for me. And like I say, I, I think if you've got a got a ground of stadium yourself uh, to sell the biggest asset you've got and rent it back is a bad move but on the other hand um, I look at it as well obviously with the council involved and that but surely it's in their big interest as a council to have a, a thriving football club uh, because you certainly think when we were in a championship the businesses it brought to the town uh, just hotels the pubs the uh, put Yeovil on the map, so I would have thought that is in the interest of the council to have that as well. So there's a bit of a catch twenty two, you know. I don't want um renting the place, but then I'm thinking, you know, uh, council probably not going to be a bad thing because it's in their interest to have a decent football club. Yeah, but of course, bear in mind too that I mean, I think I think maybe five years ago, if you just said to somebody, you know, what do you know about Yeovil in Somerset? They'd probably say one of two things, either um, Westland Helicopters or Leonardo, as it's now known, and Yeovil Town Football Club. I can't think there's much else about Yeovil or Pitars, possibly, if, if you chuck them in, but that people would know anything about. Whereas Yeovil, the football club, has helped to put the town on the map, or it should have done anyway. Well, I, I refer to it again. I think when they're in the championship, it was a, a thriving town. Like I say, the businesses. The hotels were certainly getting busy because what do we have nearly every week or every other week? You had 1,500 to 2,000 away fans here. Um, it, it felt like a football club. The ride was around. 
like even in town, all right. I know we went down that league year, but it was a fantastic season. They were unlucky not to stay up in the end. Mm. Um, I think personally, myself, I said I thought that was time to sell the club. If John Frylo said, um, yeah, wanted to get out. I think the best position for me was to sell it when it's at its prime. And I yeah. think you'd have had investors in championship football, a little town like this. It would have, you know, you'd have had people snapping your hands up, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? But, but I mean, I was saying earlier, you know, if, if you live in Yeovil and you're not a particular football fan, what, what are you going to think about the fact that the council spending potential, was it 2.8 million they're talking about to buy, buy the club? Yeah. Or, you know, are you going to be saying, well, hang on a minute, you know, I've got to pay council tax on that and I'm not interested in football. I couldn't give a toss about it. What, what would you, what well, would you feel about that? Well, I, I think as a, like I say, uh, if you're not a football supporter, you're not you're not going to be happy at all because council taxes are going up, uh, the roads are getting worse. Um, so you're saying, you know, someone that lives on a street with four or five potholes, they can't get them mended, but they can spend two point eight million on a football club. So mm. you're not going to be happy at all. And I think there are going to be backlashes to this. Um, I think you've got the local elections coming up soon as well. Yeah, the next week yeah. or two. Um, you know, I think. I don't think it's going to be a, a close shop at the moment on that. Um, we're certainly going to have demonstrations, I would have thought. And people, like you say, you're thinking, all right, I know you're saying football fans. What do we get now? 1,500, 2,000 Yeovil supporters? That's about it, isn't it, really? You've usually. You've got your old support, you know, you've got your still fans, you know, who don't come to the game. But what are we have population now? 50,000 Yeovil? Yeah. 50, 55,000? So I think you're going to have a lot of people saying there's other priorities than a football club to spend your money on. But uh, I mean, do you, the, think, uh, do you think that that many people are totally aware of what's going on? Yes, you are if you're a Yeovil Town fan. Of course you're aware of it. But I mean, there must be an awful lot of people out there that probably haven't got a clue what's going on because they don't read the papers and they're not football fans. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's... Well, there's there's a lot of fans who still don't know what's going on, to be honest. Yeah. It's only the, um, you know, probably the majority of the club is trusting people like that and word of mouth and obviously radio shows like this are getting the word out. But um, there'd be, you're rightly there, there'd be probably 40, 50% of the Yeovil people won't have a clue mm. where this uh, 2.8 million is going to be spent until they see um, after the elections and it's been spent. Well, what was this for? And they can't do nothing about it then. So, on that hand, it's, you know, it, don't get me wrong, it could be a good thing, but my biggest concern is why we got an asset, why are you renting it back out? Um, I've seen this with um, Westland Sports, who owns their own foot, their ground, lovely ground and stuff, and they obviously, you obviously know, Yeovil bought them out, and it's never been the same since. They were kicked off for a couple of years. The trouble is when it's um, you're renting, you're in the hands of the uh, owners. They can basically do what they want, can't they? Yeah, yeah. And if you're saying to me they're going to rent this place out, well, we said before it's it's worth as a building plot twenty two million. So somewhere down the line, you know, they got to weigh things up. What's the football club bringing in for us? A couple thousand a week, more than that probably, but. For a builder, twenty-two million asset. Mm. Is it going to be another one like Tesco's? Are they going to build a grain somewhere else? 
<coughs> sell this land off for uh, development, build a ground for a couple million, and have a big profit. You think the signs are all there, which is a little bit worrying. Mm. <coughs> but it's, you know, it's a, I'm not sure still at the moment. My my views are still sort of the. I need to read a bit more into it. But I mean, this has been going on so long now. You, you could read everything going, and you still wouldn't have a clue, would you? Yeah, not really. Um, so the question is, though, what's the answer? What do we do? Because it's it's all about money. It's all you know. If if the if the team suffers, the crowd will suffer. If the crowd suffer, then I mean, if Mister Priestnell was to come along and say, "Look, I'll do a deal with the council, and I'll put half the money that I get back into the football club," because uh, if he he says he loves the football club. He quoted as saying that over the weekend. So if he sells all that building land and gets numerous amounts of money for it, what about putting half of it back into the football club if he loves it so much? Because it would secure the football club for some time, I suspect. I just hope he never loves me. He doesn't love you? Well, I'm I sure, hope I'm, not. I'm, not. Sure, I'm sure he wouldn't love you. I mean, who who would? But I mean... No. Uh, but you know, if he loves the football club, then he'd be doing the right thing by now, wouldn't he? Well, you'd like to think so, yeah. Or but... at least be seen to be more proactive than what it is at the moment. I mean, the the thing is, whatever happens, happens. But it's it's just the lack of communication is shocking. Mm. Yeah, but you I mean, having, you know, having well, said in that, the day, in the day, he's a businessman, isn't he? He's a businessman, yeah. you know, and he's probably got other businesses that he's or other dealings going on, and and and. Uh, he needs investment for those. So in the end of the day, he's a businessman. So yeah, it'd be a very nice gesture if you put that back in. And uh, I'd love to see it, but the realism is probably a little bit different. But but I mean, I've heard a rumor going around that he only paid a pound for the club. <laughs> is that yeah, the case? That, that happened before, hasn't it? You, because you buy the debt and you buy all that. Ken Bates, what he sold Chelsea for a quid? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a similar setup. It's a nominal. F- thing just to transfer the the debt over to somebody else hmm. but nonetheless it would be, you know maybe maybe if mr Priestner wants to get the club you know the supporters well on side some sort of a gesture like that is, is the way forward because you know the club's going to need some money if if you suddenly got i don't know what the rent's going to be and all, how much they're going to have to pay nobody's really mentioned that but presumably you you would think just thinking about this with saying saying that um, rent it back off. You think that if the council have gained an asset that is going to be appreciating over time, then it would be a pretty much a nominal rent rather than them looking to actually get a return on their investment because their investment is in the real estate. Yeah, but again, not even that. We must also remember as well, like you know, we if we do keep you know these amount of players in contracts for. For next season, and then we we add, you know, whoever the manager is going to be next year. Apparently, there's there's a twenty to thirty applicants with some high profile names there. You know, he's been honest apparently with Charlie Lee, you know, and um, uh, about the situation. You know, and if we get you know uh, a decent manager, and we get decent players in here and add them to the decent, you know, the the, the the squad at the moment, which is really good. And there's potential there, you know. If we get really and we're up the top of the, you know, all this will be forgotten, isn't it? For the top of the league next year, chicken and egg, isn't it? You, it's easier to sell a successful club, but then what do you do to make everything? Everything's easier if you always start winning games. 
But look yeah, at, I mean, looking but at the new manager scenario, um, you know, apparently they've had a lot of it, uh, applications for it. But I mean, just reading the situation as it is at the moment, we're going to go for the cheapest possible man available, I would have assumed for that. It's not as though we've got, you know, huge amounts of money to pay for, for, a, for a new manager. So, yeah, but let's face it, Adrian, if you're talking about big names involved in football, they're not coming to Yeovil Town to make a make a fortune no no they're not but even even i mean i i spoke to one one potential manager this afternoon in actual fact i'm not going to name his names but um and you know obviously he's he's got a job at the moment and if he's going to come he wants to at least better himself um and I, you know i can't necessarily see him doing that from the point of view of what the wages are like to be like yeah. Well, like I said, it's, it's not. It's, a, it's an opportunity. Whoever takes, the, whoever gets the job, it's going to be an opportunity. They're going to make a fortune. You can tell them that now. Mm. But oh. he, he's, he's he's obviously doing the interviews and that. I I don't get my head around this little boy. If he's doing the interviews and that, and he's still trying to sell the club, why is he interviewing managers when he's not looking to be at the club? Well, I suppose he's, he's faced with the situation, he though. He's got a, he, at the moment, he's stuck with the club, isn't he? Yeah, but if, but he he is, if he's the one who's going to have to appoint them, and if he appoints the right manager, doesn't that go to make the football club more sellable, more attractive? Might actually start to redress everything falling away. I think, Tony, what he's trying to do, he's trying, trying to get the investment and then move, his, instead of like becoming owner-chairman, he'll just become the chairman. So I think he's still going to be around the club. Like I said, if he's going to sell completely wholly, and if you're an investor, how many like new owners come in and bring their own managers in? So are you going yeah. to have a? Is he going to appoint a manager on a new two three year deal? Potentially yeah, get taken over. Is it because it could be over? That's what I'm saying. You know, it could backfire that way. That's what I'm looking at. He, yeah. You know, you could put a manager there on a three year contract and. I think you hit the nail on the head before. It's, it might be 30-odd applicants, but the wages they've sort of uh, given out at the moment, like I think uh, Sol was just a, a cheap person. He was a cheap option compared to some of the managers that were in for the job. Mm. Obviously, they took the cheapest option there. Um, so I think he could possibly do the same again, but you could be stuck there with a manager on a three-year contract, two-year contract, that pre-stores installed, a new... Um, New board or something come in and you know one him out and they all of a sudden they're stuck with a bloke you know for two three years even if you're talking minimum 40 50 thousand a year all of a sudden there's a debt there's another hundred or thousand you gotta find to get somebody out and get another manager in so mm. it does make me wonder when he said he is interviewing well presumably charlie would be you know in the interview process one would assume is the man who's actually doing the job at the moment and and with the greatest respect to Charlie, because he's a lovely guy, um, he's new to it, and and you you know there, there's no there's no substitute for experience, and you and know you, you know what happened there though he'd be the same as uh, Darren Sowell. Like I say, lovely bloke, and hopefully he does well. Like you say, but he's going to be a cheaper version. I would have thought than mm. a bigger name. You know, is he mm. going to take that route? Out? He's done well at the end of the season. He's going to be a cheap version. Do we take him on for two years? Yeah. Well, this is it. Who's to say? Nobody really knows, do they? But what? Why is the actual... 
they say they say you're only as good as your last game, so he's not got a bad looking CV at the moment, has he? Just beat the top uh, of the league. No, he's got a very good. I think, yeah, I think he's done. He's done a job, like I say. What he's uh, what he's had to do, like I say, he's been left with hardly any players that uh, contract and stuff. So, you know, some of them could be sat there saying, "Oh, I just see the season out." But mm. actually, like you know, we're watching them Saturday. There's some spirit there. You know, he's galvanising catering a bit, um, and he's he's doing well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see how that one develops. As indeed, we'll have to wait and see how the whole scenario develops. I guess because I think we've we've kicked it around for so long now, we haven't really come up with any brilliant solutions other than perhaps Mr. Priest will put in half of the money he sells the club back into the club, which would be a, <laughs> would be a wonderful gesture. Um, <laughs> whether he'll go agree many, with that or not, I don't know. <laughs> how many clubs has he had in the past? I don't know. Do you know? Dealings with four or five, isn't it? With the rugby and that as well. Well, he was he was involved uh, with this Worcester rugby, wasn't he? I'm, I think I'm right in Worcester saying. Worcester rugby. Was he involved? Yeah, the Worcester rugby. I thought there was two or three other clubs. I don't know. I don't know. That might no, be no. the case. I don't know. But well, let's just, let's uh, strange. let's move on a little bit. We've got uh, what have we got? We've got ten minutes. No, we haven't. We've got twenty minutes left, roughly. So let's just have a look at the overall situation football-wise uh, from the weekend. Um, Merseyside yeah, Derby, Paul. What did you think of that? Uh, I was worried. I was worried uh, for a while. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I don't think it was our greatest. Yeah, they, they, sometimes they're they're not the greatest games in the world, are they? Like, but. Um, Ultimately, we've got the win, which sort of like keeps the pressure on, and that's all we can do. We just keep the pressure on. Um, I do fear for for um, Everton. I think that they're in a very precarious position now because mm. um, uh, Burnley seem to be galvanised, don't they? And um, they're they're winning games. And um, but uh, yeah, the, the I was pleased. Origi, I'm absolutely astounded how he just keeps on coming on and scoring as soon as he. Came on the pitch and said, "Think he's going to score, you know?" And he did. And it's just, um, it's a great farewell for him. And he's done a fantastic job. And he scored some very, very, very important goals for Liverpool. And he's now going off to AC Milan. Um, and I think the the, the the fans will be uh, thinking of him in great fondness. But um, all we all we can do now is is keep just keep on winning games. You know, the, you get the two Well. Yeah, we can always have a little dig there, can't we? Especially when you're a Man United supporter. <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> but, um, Paul, tell yeah. me one thing before you finish. Um, yes. Can you tell me how much did it actually cost you to pay off Jamie Carragher and Graham Souness to be so biased in the punditry? It was unbelievable. <laughs> did you say Sky, Sky Sports turned into <laughs> LFC TV just for, just for the afternoon? It was embarrassing. It was terrible. Yeah, they, Carragher, I've got to admit, he is a bit biased, and he like, but he's, he's got his, you know, oh, he's sort of cut him in half, and he's got Liverpool right through him and that. And uh, yeah, Souness, um, I think Souness is fairly. Um, is fairly uh, logical at times, but you know when in 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 the derby game he's just going to be Liverpool, Liverpool. They should have taken them both off and uh, got Gary Neville and uh, somebody else in there, like you know. But um, well, it's a, bit, we go. Bless it's a blatantly them. obvious Bless that you know you got two ex-Liverpool players um, 
commentating on two Liverpool teams. It sort of uh, seems pretty obvious to me. I would have thought, but yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, but um, yeah, I, I like I like somebody else being there occasionally. Um, the way they Sky promote the football, I think it's excellent. The way they show it, you know, all the all the actual moves and what they're trying to do and the expertise of the footballers that they're using is is exceptional. You know, but it would be nice to just change it up, especially I understand when they when they get some, you know, they get get a, a player from that team and another player from the other side there. But um, yeah, I yeah I get what you're saying. It, it does get a bit biased at times. Of course, Gary Neville's never been biased, has he? Like, but you know, he's, no, he... but he can but he can also be very um, he's quite objective, constructive. Really. Yeah, I think he's 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 very good, very good. I mean, the way he's yeah. been slagging off the board and everything at United, I think that sort of says he's he's not particularly biased because you know he speaks the truth. That's that's the thing. What do you going, think? Going back to that, going back to that game, do you see um, Mr. Lampard might be in a little bit of trouble? Well, what's he no, doing? Why? That Everton have asked for an explanation as to why there was no penalty when the score was nil nil. Ah. Oh right. So he did it. If it had been anyone else, I'd have said it, it wasn't a penalty either. It went down. He was already going down. But clutching at straws, really, aren't you? To tr- desperate trying to uh, to get something out of the game. But what they can do now, I don't know. They were asking for trouble when they put Stuart Atwell in charge. He, the man is useless mm. as a record. Yeah, but they've got they've got a young lad there who clearly took a dive, and uh, they should really get him to the side and say, "Look, you can cut that out for a start because we don't want to see it." You know, as as a Support just a football. I don't want to see people diving, you know. And when you get a youngster, I almost like cringe when it happened and thinking, you know, what are you playing at? You know, you're are we are we teaching players to dive now? Is Do they it, not realise that we can see what they're doing? Well, it's just it's embarrassing. Understand. It's embarrassing, isn't it? You know, mm. oh, oh dear me. Um, hey, I. I made a living on diving. There <laughs> <laughs> so many cameras about then, so you got <laughs> I used to, I used to do backflips and everything. Uh, it's all coming out now. <laughs> nine. You said something at the nine, time. Uh, ten, nine, uh, yeah. nine. <laughs> oh, I tell you. I tried to dive once right. and then he broke me back. No chance. Never but again. You're not built for diving, Torpy. <laughs> no chance. No way. He was, he was deep sea diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he finished the London Marathon about the same pace as that bloke who does it in the deep sea diving suit, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but moving on from the derby, um, that obviously takes us to the uh, the battle for the top four. Um, well, obviously, no the, one wants. The, the obviously the top two are going to be the top two. It's just a question of which order. So uh, Chelsea sort of a little bit sort of, um, I mean, they, they play United on, is it Thursday, Rick, is it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So that's three points, three more points for Chelsea. Well, probably, yeah, but, you know. Um, probably. Oh, yeah. Keep a bit of faith, my son. Keep a bit of faith. Um, but what about who's going to be fourth, basically? What you mean, just, just be, is it, let me is it top or Arsenal? What you mean, it's not a case of who finishes fourth, is who's going to be playing in the Europa League next February. Because out of the candidates that are in for it, none of them have got a chance of getting out of their group. They'll all be rubbish in Europe. It's embarrassing. Carry on. 
I, I don't quite understand what you just said, though. What, what, whoever, whoever finishes fourth will be pants in the Champions League, oh, and right. they won't get out. Of the yes, I see They'll be playing mean. Europa League football. Yeah. By February, if if they manage to finish third in their group, I think the the three, the three main rivals for it was well, two now because United are out of it. Um, they'll just be hopeless in Europe. It's just a shame, really. We've got four places and we haven't got four teams worthy of it. Well, of course, that then brings us to, you know, so United are out of the picture, so they could go into uh, the Europa League, or they could, what's this other league that's flying about? John? Europa never, Conference. Yeah, I never yeah. quite understand that, but I mean, do they want to go and lower themselves to go into that? Probably not. It's not. It didn't do Chelsea any harm a couple of seasons ago, it didn't do Arsenal any harm this season, not to be involved in European football, so mm. maybe Ten Hag's got a big enough job as it is without running out on a Thursday night as well. I think it's, I've, it works obviously just between Arsenal and Tottenham now. And uh, I think Tottenham, if they want to keep their manager, I think that he might, if he doesn't get into Europe, uh, doesn't get a fourth place, he's likely to throw his toys out the pram and leave. Isn't he going um, to PSG anyway? Well, that's sort of, it's, it's suggestions, that is. Yeah. You know, whether that, you know... Um, you know, Arsenal have, have, have bounced back and, and a bit, but, but being a little bit indifferent in the results, but they're strong. Um, they're looking strong now. So I think that if he can keep that run going, uh, it looks like it could be, it, it, you know, they're in a the stronger position. Um, with, was it six or seven games ago? Yeah, about that, isn't it? They've got one more than, than yeah. most, I think. I think I'm right in saying. But... Oh, they've both played 33 games. Yeah, they've got one more than uh, Man United. And, well, West Ham are banking on getting to the final. They've got a massive, massive game on uh, is it Thursday. Yeah. You know, and they really do need to uh, throw everything into that. You know, their position now is not going to change a hell of a lot uh, from now towards the end of the season. Um, so they've got an opportunity, and I think that's where their focus lies. But... Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, at the moment, I'm sort of like going down towards the Arsenal route because I think that you know, the Tottenham players, to me, they, they keep messing it up all the time and uh, certain big players are just not performing at the right time. Um, you know, and it's wondering whether what their team's going to look like next season as well, isn't it, really? But it's, yeah. it's a well-known fact that I'm totally biased and I look at everything through red glasses. But, you know, I sat and no, watched that game. Really? Yeah, I sat and watched really? that game on Saturday lunchtime, and after I got over the the um, the shock of two people w sort of waving their legs about and the ball sailing past completely out of their stretching uh, legs, I didn't think United played that badly on compared to the what he did against Liverpool, and I, I just I didn't think that Arsenal were that special I really. Don't. Arsenal, I think Arsenal are hopeless. I think Spurs are, Spurs are, it's in Spurs' hands to do it. Arsenal have managed to do one thing that I never thought was possible. They found a left-back worse than any of United's full-backs. <laughs> Tavares, what was he doing? It's the worst performance by a left-back, I think. See, I disagree there. I disagree. It I think Arsenal Yeah, they, I just don't see Tottenham performing performing to the levels that they, they, they need to. And I think that Arsenal yeah, will get more out of the Arsenal players. Yeah, but then all Spurs tend to need is Kulishevsky, uh Son and Kane to click. And that, that's what Spurs are about. If those three click, yeah. they got a chance of beating anyone. If they're off, they could lose to anyone. Mm. But see, Ars Ars Arsenal were awful. 
at the highest level, it, the, the margins are so tight. So we talk about key moments and, and performing in those key moments. But they had a key moment there. And for me, you know, I, I just cannot believe Ronaldo did not take that penalty. It didn't work. No, I mean, I, I, I was that. shocked. I, I must admit, but I, I, but I who knows how the guy yeah. feels having lost his baby? I mean, it, you know, it's it's difficult if you've never been there, and obviously, fortunately, none of us have. You you don't know how it can affect you, and I'm I'm just assuming that he obviously just didn't feel quite right. I don't know. Just seemed. I mean, I agree. I I was staggered when Bruno. I you know, two for Ronaldo again. That's what I was looking at, but didn't happen. Did they need a penalty taken out, Fernandez. I think well, Ronaldo no, just, would have looked at. I, I think, think they, they, they talked, and, and Fernandez uh, said he's, he wanted it, you know, and he's gone, okay, you have it. You know, I'm confident of you, of you. But to me, it was a very poor penalty and uh, not as bad as the other one over the weekend. So that was a oh, Bloody oh, hell, boy. That was a back pass, wasn't it? <laughs> You know, to me, um, uh, I think also Fernandez was captain, wasn't he, on Saturday? Yeah. Now, I think a captain, a decent captain, would have looked up there. Ronaldo, or I wait, what's happened, happened is, is so sad, but he is up for anything. He's so professional and he is hitting tight. He's scoring back in form. I think as a captain, he's missed a couple Fernandez this year. I would have given the ball and said, go and do it. And he, he is the man for that moment. Yeah, okay, what anyone says around the world, anywhere around the world, who would you want at that moment? Free kick, sort of thing. And I think it was the time Fernandez there to show his captaincy, yeah. give him the ball. Just walk, mm -hmm. give him the ball and walk away. And I well, think that was the chance to do it there. Because uh, if, he, if Ronaldo scores that penalty as well, so he picks up another two goals, he'd have scored 10 of the last nine goals. Yeah, he's, he's so right. he's so focused on these big games mm. and the big he's the man if any person you wanted how many times like has he done this Beckham very similar how many times has he bailed out Portugal and United yeah. Madrid last minute mm. when you need something and I tell you something yeah. now if he would have scored they would have gone on and won that comfortable yeah their yeah. tails were right up then and I think another week, quite, any other week he might well have taken it but I just think as, as Adrian said you know he's his head's not right at the moment. He's got different priorities. I agree there. He's got different priorities, but he wouldn't have played if he didn't feel right. Yeah, no. I agree. He, he wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have played. And he's he's one of those. Sometimes a thing like that, you want to play. You want to, yeah. you want to try and, you know, different. for that. And, and I think with all the emotions he's been through and how talented he is at like, winning stuff, I think... For me, Fernandez could have just given the ball and walked away. And I think that, you know, he would have done the business. So I say, and Fernandez hasn't been the best penalty takers recently. And he's not in the best. He's still a good player, but I don't think he's hit, he's hitting the form he used to at the moment. He's having a bit of a sticky patch. And I just think that was the time to hand it to him and not say anything. Yeah, on, I, think I think that totally, would have been fun. Totally. You know, totally you know really Do you know what you should have done? Do you remember um, the Euros final? The last scorer of a penalty for England in the Euro final was an absolute blinding penalty in the top corner, Harry Maguire. Yeah, he's right. He's right. He builds him, doesn't he? Yeah, he absolutely melts it. And what would have got him back side with everybody more than that? Yeah, well, 
<laughs> Stunned silence from Adrian. It's happened. But look, um, moving on, because we haven't got an awful lot more time left. Um, Manchester City, another five goals. I mean, you know, <laughs> you must have been thinking. I mean, they are, aren't they? They, you know, four goals for Jesus. And, you know, I mean, nobody's going to stop them, I don't think. I mean, it's a horrible situation to be oh. in because you don't want either of them to win it and, and one of them is going to have to win it. So Who you want to win at least, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I want least Liverpool to... <laughs> I don't want them to win it. Uh, well, yeah. the, la- the, la- the last games in the league are Leeds United away, uh, Newcastle at home, West Ham away and Aston Villa at home. I'm, I just can't see any of those That's sides... It. I can't see any of those sides um, winning. You know, unless, you know, you got the, the interesting bit is the manager of Aston Villa might just go and put 11 people behind the ball. Well, he might do. And, 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 and say, also, uh, if try West, and break West this down. Ham, if West Ham carry on in Europe, they're going to put a weakened side out yeah. in the league, aren't they? They're going to, they're going to be prioritising that. So, well, what, What's you, the game in between when they play Real Madrid? Uh, Newcastle at home. Newcastle at home, man. Yeah, oh, good day for them. sports washing that day, then. All the all the filthy oil money will be out that day. Mm. Man City against Newcastle. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Football will take a back seat on that one. Who is it? Somebody's, somebody's come out... Uh, I've forgotten who it was now, but somebody's come out and gone on about how absolutely brilliant um, uh, Benzema is. And and they're getting very. Yeah. I think it, it might have been De Bruyne. I don't know, but it was somebody from Manchester City has come out and really sort of oh, this Benzema. He's like different class, and if he maintains that form he's in at the moment, City are going to be in big trouble. I think on uh, Thursday, Wednesday, whenever it is. That's tomorrow. Yeah, is it tomorrow. tomorrow is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Man City well, at home against Real Madrid. Because mm. I, I think I, they'll have too much from. Oh, Manchester City. Yeah, because I I watched the Chelsea game, and, and to be fair, it stayed with Chelsea tore them apart. It took a game to them, and I think like oh, everyone's raving about his Benzema, and I'm like, all right, it's just Spanish football, he's scoring goals. I just think at the moment Liverpool and Man City are head and shoulders above anybody in Europe, I think. Uh, and I honestly think that they're I think they do Real Madrid easy. I think we're not yeah, easy, but, but I, I'm comfortable. You're right, but. Real Madrid were also in a similar situation the previous round against PSG. They they go in fits and starts, and they, they're quite capable of scoring three goals in 15 minutes, like they have in both those games, however awful they are in the rest of it. So yeah. that's why they're never out of it. But you're right. If, if you were to think about it logically, there's no way that City would uh, would lose I, that one. I, I, I can't see beyond the uh, Liverpool-Man uh, City final for me. And I think really? it's a cracking thing, because I honestly oh. think the two clubs are so far above anybody else at the moment. And although I'm a United fan, I don't like Liverpool, I don't like City, the, the games they've had over the recent weeks have been fantastic to watch. Two mm. great sides, and I'll, I'll be quite happy to... I always want an English team to get to the final. Um, so I'll be happy to see that. And I, I, I clearly, I think that's going to happen. I think they're too good for both teams. Well, if, if it does happen, that's one that I'll look forward to reading about in the newspaper the next day. Thought <laughs> <laughs> of watching that, those two in the European I mean, Cup final. Mm. Jesus. 
Right, two minutes we've got sure. left. We've got two minutes left. I want a one-word answer to this. Will Burnley stay up? Yes or no, Paul? Maybe. That's two. No. Rick, will Burnley stay up? No. Tony? We. Yes. Oh, well, I reckon yes as well at the moment because they're playing quite well. So that's 2-2. They are playing quite well. They are playing quite well. But I just thought somebody's telling me that, that Everton would just pull some oh, yeah. bag. Do you remember, was it the Dogs of War when Everton stayed up on the last game? It was it scored mm. a blinder from the edge of the area. They're going to do yeah. that again. Last day mm. of the season, Everton will stay up. Well, right, we should see, but... What's the run-in? We haven't got oh, time Stuart. for the run-in because we're going to go. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us, even though if you were half an hour late... Uh, we're going to say if Tony, if Tony turned up on time, he could have had the he could have had the run in, but yeah, sadly yeah. not. No, no absolutely. <laughs> so Tony, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Appreciate it, and you, Paul. Pleasure, um, pleasure, and, and you, Rick. Thanks very much indeed. And don't forget, You're everybody, welcome. that we will have uh, full match commentary from Halifax. We're going up north, would you believe? From uh, George Marshall, James, and Gavin Cheatham on Saturday. So join us at ten to three and. Um, Thank you for joining us and good night.